Are you ready to tap into becoming your best self? That's what we do here on the Me I Want to Be podcast. So let's jump right in. I decided to create this podcast because I wanted a platform to help people get from where they are to where they want to go. For me, I always felt like I didn't fit in, that bad things kept happening to me, and I longed for a different life. I wanted and was searching for more. I just didn't know how to define more, mostly because I didn't think I deserved it. I've shared a little bit about my origin story and the events that forced me to look in the mirror. And by doing that, I've given myself permission to dream and to dream big, to get acquainted with my more. I'm going to recreate the steps I took to get from that point of I hate you to the woman I'm becoming today. I consider myself a work in progress and all the bumps and curves in the road are just lessons waiting for me to learn. I now believe that everything happens for a reason, that life is happening for me, not to me. So I believe you are here for a reason. So let's jump into how this all started for me. Three or four years ago, if you had a transcript of all the thoughts going on in my head, it would be job security for a therapist, a challenging research project for any PhD student, or it may have caused them all to zip me up in a straitjacket. <laughs> My thoughts were not pretty. It was insane what was going on upstairs in my brain. Total chaos. Non-stop negative looping thoughts. Problem solving. Replaying events over and over again. My sleep was often disrupted or hard to be found. Hiding my growing sadness and uncertainty was exhausting. <laughs> I jumped from one thing to the next so I didn't have to stop and feel what was happening inside of me. And when I did stop, my brain felt like it was buzzing and my physicality was completely depleted. You see, what we focus on and think about becomes our reality. And the meaning we put on those thoughts creates our emotional state. And that then shapes our actions and how we move through life. So how can you figure out what's happening in your head? The three topics for today are self-talk, judgments, and emotional intensity. And how all three of these things can tell you a lot about yourself and those around you. And as we dig into these topics, a couple of things to keep in mind. You all know that saying, you can only eat an elephant one bite at a time. That's true about self-discovery too. Remember, it's a journey. And trying to figure it out all at once is like eating that elephant. It's impossible. And while you're listening, think about yourself, but also your kids and those closest to you. And how this applies to them, your relationships, and what insights you can gain by listening and observing these topics in them. So much of the behavior that's happening in the world is a person's own stuff coming up. It has nothing to do with us. Yet that's not how it makes us feel or how we tend to interpret what's coming at us. Now let's get into self-talk. What do I mean by that? It's the way you talk to yourself or your inner voice. You might not be aware that you're doing it, and yet we all do. 
This inner voice combines our conscious thoughts with ingrained beliefs and biases to create an internal monologue throughout our day. Self-talk is important because it has a big impact on how you feel and what you do. It can be supportive and beneficial, even motivating, or it can be negative, confusing, and undermining to your confidence. We're going to focus on the negative self-talk, that inner voice, or more specifically, your inner critic. It's pessimistic and focuses on the bad. It erodes your confidence and stops you from reaching your full potential. It can make you feel like you are going to fail before you even start. For me, it took two major life tragedies to get my attention. I was a high achiever who always felt great about my contribution at work, and I had a history of success in this area. But that success was most exclusive to work. Other areas of my life were never as consistent. So how do you expose your self-talk? Think about this in two ways. First, the words you say often and out loud to others, and then your negative chatter inside your head. Let's start with the words you say out loud and say often. And heads up, the harsher and more intense the word that you use, it's just a reflection of your own level of dislike that you have about yourself. Remember my inner critic discovered that I hate myself? I didn't come up with that at first. It was only through assessing my negative thoughts and journaling about them did I come to this conclusion of self-loathing. But guess what? <laughs> I thought a number of people hated me and I would share this statement with people close to me. Your words can tell you a lot about what you think about yourself. So words like hate, ugly, fat, lazy, idiot, and stupid are more extreme words. So if you find you use these a lot, try saying them back to yourself in the mirror and see how that feels. And if you believe that's true about you, one of my previous go-to places for talking out loud to others in a not-so-kind way was in the car driving to work when I was by myself, especially if I was late. And I'm so sorry to say, but there are a lot of idiots and stupid people on the road if you transcribed those road trips. Once again, completely true of how I felt about myself. Yikes! So... What words do you use often? Now, let's flip over to what you say in your head. Here are some general examples that I hear. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm not good at this. Or, I've tried everything, nothing works. Take the phrase, I'm not good at, blank. Just insert diet, exercising, a project, your job. I'm not good at my marriage, I'm not good at parenting, I'm not good at dating, etc. I promise you, we all do it. It's the conversation we have in our head. So think about something that you run through in your mind over and over again. Perhaps it's a conversation you had or need to have with your spouse, child, coworker, or boss. Is there anything you are saying that you can't do? 
excuses that you need to explain, or descriptive words that are negative. These are the tells of your self-talk. Are you being defensive, or are they? Do they make you feel small, unheard, unseen? What part of the conversation are you worried about practicing over and over again, or replaying in your mind because it hurt or angered you? What are the excuses, and do they say anything about you? Hone in on the details to find the negative, repetitive aspects of your self-talk. Next, you've got to get completely honest with yourself about the way you look, how and what you eat, and the way you act and treat others. Remember when I walked by the mirror? Mm, Didn't like what I was seeing. When I opened the snack cupboard? Didn't like what I was eating. No one knows you better than you. And a lot comes out when you get personal and take a look under the hood. I found myself saying so many things and so often, statements I unconsciously learned to ignore and live with. One of my clients named her inner voice the bad roommate because she couldn't get rid of it, so she learned to tolerate it and tuned it out. So very true. Once you hear that voice, ask yourself, would I ever talk to anyone else this way? You may think bad things about people, but my guess is that you would never outwardly share damaging thoughts. Yet you do it all the time to yourself. If you're not happy in your life or with who you are, or you struggle with intense negative emotions, this is a great place to start. Now let's talk about judgments that you have about others, your circumstances, and yourself, or others have about you. We are the judge and jury on many things if we realize it or not. Through all the classes I've taken on coaching and self-improvement, along with my own work and that with my clients, I've come to learn that the way in which we see the world is just a reflection of what's happening inside of us. We see it because we have it or know it. So let's start with judgment of others. Remember me in the car? I was judging others as idiots if they didn't put their turn signal on, if they were driving too slowly, or if they were unaware of the crazy lady needing them to get out of her way. My words were a tell, but my judgment was too. Being late was a problem for me. When I was a mom of young kids, I had a lot of emotions around getting them ready for school and in the car on time. This also played out if we were late to an event and my now ex-husband was driving. I judged my kids and my ex pretty hard around time management. If I examine this one for me, it plays into being a part of my dad's extended family. Remember for a long time, none of them knew my mom left and I wanted to belong and fit into this group so badly. And this group is neat and timely. Perfect example. I hosted Easter for this clan this year, and at exactly 3.30, the doorbell rang, and 12 people were lined up with their food and all talking at once, ready to come in. (laughs) My cousin and I laughed that I should give out staggered time slots so it's not so overwhelming. Being on time meant I fit in, plus I didn't stand out. Being late was not an option. Anyone listening from my church right now will laugh at this because I'm always a few minutes late and I only live five minutes away. How the tables have turned. Now, what if you are a high achiever, go, go, go kind of person and your judgment of others 
is that they are lazy. When it's the opposite of how you are, it can be confusing. First of all, there is not one way to look at any of this. You have to examine it from a few angles until you get what I call an emotional hit. Then you're on to something. So if you think others are lazy, you may be working so hard and so fast because if you don't, you think of yourself as lazy. Ask yourself, what would happen if I was lazy? What does that say about me? You can insert any word here that's opposite of your behavior that bothers you. Or you can ask yourself, what does lazy mean to me? And journal about it to see what comes up for you and what you don't like about it. The answer is here somewhere. Judgments of circumstances is interesting and probably the most common area of judgments are going to be around your weight, your relationships, your money, and your status. How you compare to others might play into it for you, or you have an idea about what you want in these areas and you're not achieving it. That's when the judgments come in. So examine these areas because what most people do when they don't achieve what they want is they ask why. And why is a great place to throw out blame to others or to yourself. I also know that the tribe of people around us, because they love us, like us, and at work we perform well, can say words or statements about us or describe us that can be awkward, hurtful, or you have some uncertainty about it, and yet we don't exactly know why. Here's an example for you. For a while there, my boss would describe me as a freight train. I felt like he was trying to compliment me, but it always made me feel a little off. If I thought about it, a freight train carries a heavy load. It gets from point A to point B quickly and efficiently. What's not to like about that? That truly described me in a nutshell. But here's the tell. A freight train does not take passengers. That was me too. I didn't wait around for anyone, nor did I want their help. It was faster to do it myself. I knew I was good at my job. But I also was really lonely and I didn't have a lot of friends, nor was I good at making friends. This type of statement or judgment is a tell. And remember what you say about others you see in yourself. So my old boss, if you're out there listening, may have had some of this in him too. Judgments are a good lesson for us all to take out that mirror and look inward to get a better view of what makes us judgy. Ask yourself, do I recognize this in myself? Do I like what I see? Why does it bother me? What are they trying to tell me? Getting to the root cause of your judgment may help you better understand the person you are judging and yourself. Judgments are another form of negative thinking. So what do your judgments tell you about you? Now let's shift over and talk about having unwarranted or inappropriate emotions. Bottom line, it's normal to experience a broad range of emotions. In fact, emotions are what make us human. However, intense emotions or rapid fluctuation between positive and negative emotions can be a source of great pain and distress for you and those around you. If you or a loved one struggle with intense emotions or extreme emotional shifts, this can tell you a lot about what's going on inside of you. 
the primary emotions that I want to focus on are anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, and shame. Each emotion is associated with an action urge. This means that emotions urge us to act in certain ways. For example, when we feel sad, we have the urge or impulse to withdraw or isolate. When we feel angry, we may feel like attacking something or someone. Fear and anxiety are associated with the urge to run away and avoid. Guilt is associated with the urge to apologize or repair. Shame is associated with the urge to hide. Keep that in mind. If you hide, run, attack, that's the emotion to associate with those actions. Another interesting tell about yourself and others is that emotions have a hiding pattern. Anger hides sadness. Sadness hides fear. Fear hides hurt. Hurt hides guilt and shame. Guilt and shame are often very intertwined. Understanding this is important because if you or someone around you expresses themselves with intense anger or they're in attack mode and they're coming at you, consider that the underlying issue is really sadness. That might change how you respond to them. Emotions are simply the way our unconscious mind communicates to us. So let's go back to driving. If you get consistently angry when you're driving, ask yourself, are you sad or fearful about something? That makes zero sense, right? Once again, I didn't want to be late. I would yell in the car and I would throw my hands all over the place trying to get people to go because being on time meant I belonged. I fit in. And not belonging was a place of deep sadness for me. I see this all now, but I'm going to tell you back then, there was no way I would have figured that one out. So here's my suggestion. When you get emotionally upset, stop and take a breath and ask yourself, how does this feel on a scale from 1 to 10? 10 being the most intense emotion. And if it's over a six, that's time for examining what's going on with you. There's something happening that's triggering you. My best advice in dealing with emotions is to sit down or lay down and let it pass through you to find a quiet place to do this. Let it run its course. Figure out what you feel in your body and let your thought run until the physicality and urge to act passes. By doing this, you may be able to figure out why you are acting in such an extreme way. This process will tell you a lot about what's going on in your head. I want to share a story about a recent intense emotion that I had that took me by surprise because I thought it was an intense positive emotion. But it led me to uncover another little gremlin message, my inner critic. I was at a class right after I released the first episode of this podcast, and the woman was talking about the mindset of successful people and how they create change. And one of the statements that she made is that all procedures should increase wholeness and that wholeness meant love. And as she's explaining this, 
I began to experience a ramp up of some pretty deep emotions. I thought it was because I was feeling so blessed to have so much love in my heart that I got my podcast out and was sharing my story, was talking about self-love. And as I was trying to hold it together, I asked myself, what's up? Why do I feel like crying? And all of a sudden, a little voice in my head said, because you don't deserve it. (laughs) I'm going to tell you that threw me for a loop. Part of my struggle with putting out my podcast is it made me emotional to think about sharing my story, mostly because of the fear around doing that. But I do also feel so deeply blessed to feel this good. And now it's more clear that I did question if I deserved it. This is where I share that I'm a work in progress. I didn't take stock of my emotional intensity around how blessed I felt. I didn't know something was happening inside of me until someone said wholeness equals love. And my little voice said, you don't deserve it. That's the type of thing I want you to be listening for. It's quiet and often subtle. The good news for me is that I've got a lot of tools in my box. So by the end of the weekend, I was able to work through that little voice in my head. And I no longer have that residing within me. Thank goodness. But those are the things that you're looking for. So I will tell you, even emotions that might feel good, that are too intense, they might be telling you something too. I've given you a lot to think about today. Self-talk, judgments, emotions that are a little too intense. All of these will tell you something about yourself and those around you. I hope this helps you today to realize what's happening inside of your head. Because the first step for each and every one of us in getting to know ourselves and to find the freedom from all the chatter that's going on in our heads is to be aware of what's happening. So today is about gaining awareness, the first step that's really important in your journey of self-discovery. I'll be back in a week. So over the course of the next few days, Use one or more of these techniques and see what's coming up for you. And then we'll explore what to do next. Until then, over and out.